1: Hey, welcome to the Horse Hour podcast.
2: Today I'm joined by renowned international coach Eric Smiley. He was the coach to the 2012 Belgium Olympic eventing team. He is the director of the International Eventing Forum and he's a fellow of the British Horse Society. To add, he's an FEI official. Eric is well known in the industry for his expertise and his coaching and he's joining us today to talk about the International Eventing Forum and his new book, This is Horse Hour. Welcome to the Horse Hour podcast. This time of year is great for me because it's really close to the International Eventing Forum. And we have the founder with us, Eric Smiley. How are you?
0: I'm very well, Amy. Thank you for asking me on.
2: Well, it's becoming a yearly tradition. I look forward to it.
0: Well, it is. It's nice that this has become an established thing and um, it seems to be popular and on it goes year after year.
2: It does. And for avid listeners of the Horse Hour podcast, they would have heard last week that I spoke to Major Richard Waygood, who's um, doing your afternoon session, because uh, your event in the International Eventing Forum is on Monday, the 4th of February, and you have a wonderful lineup of guests. How did you come up with choosing this year's guests?
0: Well, every year I try and get a sort of thought process and theme that I think might be interesting. And I try and get a guest speaker as being the the main the main of the draw not that the other speakers aren't a draw but the main speakers as a draw and uh, i just thought um i ring the changes a little bit and and um sometimes it's it's address size sometimes it's jumping sometimes it's cross country sometimes it's so this 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 year's main draw is Dermot Lennon the ex uh, world show jumping champion from ireland and i thought he would be a good practical person to come on and do a show jumping thing and to help him um, and not that he need much help. There's a guy called Tom Holden, who is an international course designer. So I thought we'd marry those two thought processes together and see if we could um, make something that would be of interest to the audience. Mm.
2: And when you're developing the International Eventing Forum, do you sit together with them and work out exactly how their sessions are going to run, or, or do you really leave it up to them?
0: Well, I, I, I set the theme. Each year I try and get a different theme to the day, and I, I, this, this year's theme is better, not more instruction. Because for me, it's a very current thought process. And so I've asked each of the uh, participants to think that through a little bit themselves, that better, not more. And in um, Dermot and Tom's thought process, I want to uh, I want them to develop the thought process that course designers are setting the tests of what we as riders and trainers are proving that we've achieved that level of expertise so their test should reflect the level that the horses and riders have got to and if the horses and riders make it look easy then the training system's done well Mm. if the horses and riders do badly then somewhere along the way either the training or the education hasn't been right so we need to address that so course designers are very important people I think it was really interesting watching WEG last year and the Rio Olympics that the two course designers of the pure show jumping got it absolutely spot on right. So the course designers tested the riders to the limit and only the very best rode it really well. But no one got hurt Mm -hmm. and no one got put to shame. They all just got quietly weeded out until the final couple of rounds that's really good course design and Tom Holden is brilliant at that
2: it's fascinating because we don't as riders I think think of the elements that go into designing the course we've all got our opinions and we say how we would prefer to have it um but I, I do find it interesting talking to you and and I can't wait to hear Tom on how he comes up with those elements and actually puts things together um because yeah we just we just go and ride it. <laughs> you know? I, I know you do.
0: But there's there's, there's an awful lot more science that um, goes into it. And Tom's Tom's very articulate and he's very um, clear about what he's trying to test. And Dermot is just one of those riders with natural ability, but he also has a simplistic way of looking at things, which a lot of Irish riders do. They just get on and get the job done. Mm -hmm. but they 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 take the complication out of it and in many ways that's a good thought process so i hope those two will will sort of um demonstrate that and um just give people the feeling that actually the course designers are there to help you because they test and improve your training the good guys making it simple um are saying just get a canter jump fences let it be a partnership let the horse do their bit you do your bit and actually that's a good way to to work show jumping
2: is it me eric or it uh, has the show jumping become a little bit slower now i feel that it, i don't know if there's more time there's more time to get around the jumps but it just feels a little bit more controlled
0: well, maybe it is, Amy, for you. I'm I'm, I'm glad your riding is improving so much. That's oh, no, so good.
2: <laughs> no, that no, not for me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I, I can't jump anything, Eric. Like we go ah. through them. But I mean, when I'm watching, I'm watching these huge events. I was watching uh, the FEI had uh, had an event on yesterday. I can't remember where it was, and I'm just watching the riders, each one as they go over, and I'm thinking, Ah, oh, this is looking. I'm enjoying watching this. It's, it's not good. you're not rushing round.
0: Good. I think that's that's true. The the um, the top riders, and especially on the, um, the global tour, they're, they're riding just so fantastically. The real top ones make it all look easy. That's a sporting cliche, but, but they do. And the expertise that they um, uh, show is really a delight to watch. Mm. And they give themselves time because they do the simple things well. If you watch any sport, you always meet, for example, Roger Federer, Rafa Nadal, Djokovic, who play um, the world's top tennis. They seem to give themselves time. That's because they're very, very practised in doing the simple things well.
2: Mm. Well, that's your afternoon session. So, Dermot Lennon and Tom Holden. And in the morning, it seems to be all about dressage, which is exciting.
0: The first the first bit of the morning starts with um, Adam Kemp and Matt Frost, both international riders and trainers in dressage. And uh, I'm delighted to have Adam, who's uh, a fellow of the British Horse Society. And um, he's just such a nice straightforward guy when you listen to him teach. And um, again, I, I hope that he and Matt will develop the thought process of keeping it simple. Um, the thought process of better, not more. You know, it has to be fairly simple because we're communicating with the horse that eats grass for a living. And it doesn't look at Google. It doesn't look at the Internet. It doesn't do FaceTime. It doesn't do anything technological. So we have to communicate in a simple way. And Matt and, and Matt and um, Adam are very good at that. So I hope they'll they'll bring again that simplistic approach to uh, the thought process of training the dressage horses
2: it's really refreshing to hear because i feel that we overcomplicate things sometimes just by thinking overthinking too much almost like as as amateur riders cuz remember you know i mean i'm sure we have some wonderful brilliant riders that listen, but most that listen to the podcast, but most of us are amateur, work nine to five, you know, just about trying to get through life, Eric, let alone, you know.
0: Uh, But that's, that's 95% of people that ride. Mm -hmm. So as a profession, if we don't, if we don't engage the 95% of people that ride in understanding how to enjoy the, the wonderful qualities that horses bring to our lives and get the most out of um, what the horse wants to give us, then something is wrong with our teaching and communication. Mm. And, and it's a flawed concept that we seem to be putting out there that more lessons are gonna make a difference. More lessons are not gonna make a difference unless more lessons are good lessons. So as a profession, we have to be good at engaging the 95% of the amateur riders and engaging them in an education process that allows them to enjoy the horse better and more. Mm. And from a a top rider point of view, if you talk to any top sports person, they'll actually make their sport sound very simple and very easy, because they take the complications out of it and that doesn't diminish their abilities of attention to detail. It just means they see the simplicity of what they're trying to do and make that happen. That's how it should work.
2: I love it because my favourite sentence that's been ringing in my ears this year is go back to basics because uh, I have yeah. an awful habit of overthinking and overcomplicating. And be- and this is because, and I think most, a lot of us do this, it's because we're not experienced. You know, you can have a, a horse for five years, ten years, and there's always something more to learn. So I have a really bad habit of second-guessing and questioning myself and saying, well, maybe this is going wrong for this reason. What is the right reason? I don't know. And then I go on to this whole little world of thinking and actually just go back to basics. What is it that you've learned before? So this better, not more, more instruction or more education, I think will resonate with so many
0: people. I hope so. I don't know whether you watched BBC at all yesterday, but they were trying to clarify the jargon mm. about all this Brexit sort of performance. And clarification of the jargon is one of the ways that we as coaches and riders as the other the other side of the equation and um, if we complicate the jargon then returning to basics still doesn't actually sort of make it more simple so we have to use the thought process of returning to basics of is it forward is it straight is it regular well if it's forward straight and regular actually we're doing a pretty good job mm. and then put a jump in the way is it forward <laughs> is it straight is it regular can you get to the other side of the fence yep and you're doing a pretty good job. Is it for and you go round right, and you go down that road. I've jumped ten fences. Good. Were you forward, straight and regular? Yes. Good you yeah. probably probably jumped to clear around.
2: Did you stay on? Even better.
0: <laughs> Even better. Keep a leg out of the side. That's important.
2: <laughs> oh, I know what I was meant to ask you. Um, when, when we're uh, looking at different people's riding techniques, so, you know, you're talking about going forward and straight and regular, different people ride in different ways. And, and we we must never judge people for their riding because it's whatever gets them over safely, is what I think. But uh, I have noticed some people have their feet out and some people have their feet in now it might seem like such a simple question but it's something that's been asked on social media for for a long long time is it better to ride with your feet out or in or does it not really matter
0: okay it's a great great question amy because it's it's a topic of conversation that um, uh, many of my pupils uh, say say to me after they've been to lessons with other people as i clinic um Uh, People sort of say, but my regular trainer says I should sit in the saddle on the way to the fence. For me, if you watch the majority of top show jumpers, um, there's there's one German rider that that sits very deep and stays very deep most most of the time. But the majority of top show jumpers ride nowadays with what's called a light seat. So their seat is not very far from the saddle, but it's quite lighter in the saddle. And that allows them to stay in a better balance. The key to all riding is balance. So rider balance is dependent on every individual finding their own balance because some are six feet six, some are five foot nothing. Mm. And the balance is very much dependent on body biomechanics and how you develop the balance. And the balance will then produce communication. Without balance, you can't communicate nearly as well. But most of the riders will sit light seat nowadays.
2: So in terms of the toes then, it doesn't matter, does it, if they're sticking out or they're sticking in as long as you're balanced?
0: Yeah, you know, the weight goes on the ball of the foot. And if the weight goes on the ball of the foot, that's where the stirrup is. If your toes point forward or your toes point a little bit out, it's not the big deal.
2: Oh, well, that's good to know because it's sad how uh, others tend to abuse people for their position sometimes. And it's not the way we should be. We should be supporting them. Correct. Um, so. Cool fact a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage
1: for you. Learn more at uh1.com.
0: plushcare.com slash weight loss
1: well
2: um i can't wait the international eventing forum is on monday the 4th of february you can get your tickets now if you head to the website internationaleventingforum.com. starts at 10 o'clock in the morning uh, with eric you're joining first what are you going to start with in your introduction
0: well, I, I always sort of set the tone for the day, and I, I try not to talk for too long. And I just set the tone for the day and hope people enjoy and ask questions and enter into, into the day. That's what it's there for, for me as a director of the forum, to present good practice and allow people to go away with um, something new in their, in their thought process.
2: So I had the pleasure of speaking to Major Richard Waygood last week and he was talking about his discussions and and a bit about what he's going to talk about at the Forum, but also a bit about his life. And he's such a fascinating man. I mean, he's done pretty much everything from, you know, riding for the Queen, uh, riding for the Household Cavalry, running the Household Cavalry, and now he's Performance Manager for British Eventing. And it made me wonder if there's anybody, because your life history is fascinating, Eric, and it made me wonder if there's anybody that you've met that you learn from and that you take inspiration from.
0: Do you know, everyone, everyone asks me who's 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 my favourite sort of trainer, who's my favourite, whatever it is. Um, I, I I watch and look at everyone riding, and I try and sort of learn from them. I learned something yesterday when I was having a horse um, vetted to go to America, and you just learn from listening to horse people talk about horses. So. I, there is no one person that i can pinpoint as being uh, my guru but i just love watching people ride and enjoy watching and trying to learn something all the time
2: mm. and it's a different relationship isn't it because richards was actually the queen he said she's amazing with her breeding knowledge um, and he could sit down and listen to her for hours and i and i just find it fascinating that everybody is still learning
0: yeah when we when we stop learning, we, we're, we're probably in a box.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or ignorant.
0: Or ignorant.
2: Mm, because I do feel that there are some people that think they've learned it all and actually you can't. Animals are forever developing, technology is developing, the way that we learn is developing um, and, I, and I still find it so fascinating. But uh, rumour told me, uh, have you written a book recently?
0: I have. It's my second book. And this one is called Two Brains, One Aim. Um, and it comes out, the actual launch of it is at the forum.
2: Oh, amazing. And so where did you get the thought process for Two Brains, One Aim? If, is that your angel and your devil?
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not the angel and the devil. It's the horse, one brain. And the rider coats the other brain. And mm-hmm. um, I, I wrote a book years ago um, for the Pony Club, which was called Look No Hands. It was on a cross-country sort of thought process theme. And ever since then, every time I clinic or I'm sitting at an airport or mulling over what I'm doing, thoughts come to my mind. I watch, I teach, I judge. Um, thoughts about subjects come to my mind, and I've written things down. And about 18 months ago, I, I thought, you know, I've got pretty much a basis of a book sitting there. I really should do something about it. And so that's what prompted me to think it's about time I put all this into another book, because it's what I do on a daily basis, teach. Um, I clinic around the world um, and I'm teaching, so I should put it in a book. So that's what prompted it all.
2: Brilliant. And who's and this kind of aimed for? Is it aimed for the youngsters? Is it aimed for oldies like me?
0: <laughs> Everyone, every, that was the first thing they, they, the publishers asked me. Who's this aimed at? I said, well, there's an awful lot about coaching. There's an awful lot about rider psychology. There's an awful lot about just life skills. It's not an equestrian tome. You won't go into it and find all sorts of um." theory about riding dressage work or cross-country work or show jumping. It's dipping in and out of how we learn as a horse, as a rider, as a coach, as a person, how we can then develop those skills of learning in a very simple way, how we then teach the horse, how we compete, how we develop the thought process of what we want out of competition, how we cope with nerves. So it's aimed at anyone who has an interest in improving what they do with horses and um, just enjoying the animal more.
2: It sounds amazing. Where can we get a copy from?
0: Well, the the two publishers, the publishers in America who are really good are called Trafalgar Square Press and their British counterparts are Quiller Press and um, so those two companies are the are the websites that you can go on to and order it. It will be freely available in bookshops, I hope, from the end of next week. And um, I think I'm doing some book signing things at Badminton and course walks with people. So that's where it's
2: available. Oh that would be good. So people can come and see you and if they've got any questions yep. about the book I guess they could ask you at the at the book signing.
0: Yes, um, for sure.
2: But it's for everybody and I think I think in a in a way Eric you're very lucky because you're you're teaching uh, in an industry where people want to learn. So imagine if you were teaching in a school where people just don't care about maths. You know, at least at least you've got a head start that they want to learn.
0: <laughs> okay, that's that's a, Amy that's a really good point because One of the things I highlight in in the book is our education system. This is not a question education system, but the education system is flawed. And there are many, many um, very eminent professors have written articles about uh, how the English speaking education system is flawed because it's based on curriculum and exam results. Mm. What it doesn't do is it doesn't stimulate interest And the curiosity of human nature for people to ask the question, why? Why am I doing this? Why should I do that? Why am I not doing this? And to ask the question why, to stimulate people's interest, then starts to produce um, much more rounded thought process, much more rounded individuals, much better people, rather than just a curriculum based exam. Yes, I'm lucky. People that come for lessons want to learn, but the onus should be on stimulating the human race to be curious, to be interested, to use your skills as a teacher, as a uh, communicator, to um, facilitate people's learning, not to push information down their throat that they're going to be tested on, because all they then do is regurgitate the information, and walk away and they forget it all in two seconds and are none, none the better for us. Mm. So we have a flawed education system.
2: Oh, I completely agree. I,
0: I try and highlight that and make people conscious. Oh, there's another way to do things.
2: I completely agree with you because I am that person that just was useless at education. Um, I did psychology three times and interestingly I had a real passion for psychology but when it came to the exams I couldn't retain that information and I couldn't uh, remember the the correct information they needed on the exam papers and I found it really frustrating whilst you know through through years and different learning how you can learn things as you get older um I'm going through 34 my bhs stages exams because I'm I'm genuinely finding it so fascinating and managing to retain that information because it's a different way of learning but I but I think what's most fascinating is that I was really passionate about psychology but it I just couldn't keep the information in my brain
0: what you're saying Amy you'll resonate with what I say in my very first chapter um, because my school report said expect Eric is going to develop later in life um, because he's not very good now And, and that was my school report so I had to learn how to learn and learning how to learn is an important part of everybody's thought process not what to retain not pushing information in But how do you learn Mm. and how do you then use that information and why is it important to what you're doing? So that's what I've tried to sort of do in in the book is make make people conscious that, you know, we can all we can all learn, but we need we need to have a method. We need Mm. to know how. And this is how.
2: And why? Like you said earlier, why? That's quite a valid reason as well that it's okay to question things.
0: It's Um, important.
2: Gosh, I would uh, dissect each section of the book bit by bit if I could, but then nobody would buy it. So um, (laughs) I think we should send some people out to go and buy the book and then we can have a little talk study about, you know, facts that we learn from it. So if we want to go and get the book, it will be available from the 4th of February when the International Eventing Forum is on. And where again can we get it from?
0: From Quiller, Quiller Publishing.
2: Great. And we want to support our bookstores and go and have a coffee. Most of them have coffee places while you're in there now too, which is great. Really, really good to talk to you, Eric. Thank you so much.
0: Not at all, Amy. I've enjoyed it very much. Thanks for asking me.
2: We'll see you soon.
0: You will indeed. Bye for now.
2: Thanks so much for listening. I've got the best news. You can win Eric's new book Two Brains One Aim. It's really easy to enter. Just head to our Facebook or Twitter page and follow the rules to enter and the book could be coming through your door next week. Now you can also get your tickets to the International Eventing Forum by heading to their website internationaleventingforum.com. I really hope to see you there. And don't forget to share what you're up to with your horses this week. Hope you've had a good weekend, having lots of fun. Have you had some snow? How are you keeping them wrapped up? Share everything by using hashtag horsehour on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, Snapchat, you name it. And you can tag us at Horse Hour. I love seeing what you're up to. So have a great week with your horse and I'll speak to you soon.